recognize the socially distanced duet. <laughs> you know what I appreciate? I appreciate two men who aren't afraid to bell it out for Jesus Christ. I appreciate that, guys. You did a good job. All right, take your Bibles uh, this evening and turn to Luke 16. Luke chapter 16. I'm going to read two verses and get right into the message this evening. Luke chapter 16. Let's all stand together if you would. And if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. We're looking down into verses 14 and 15. This is Jesus and the Pharisees. And it says, And the Pharisees who were covetous heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. But God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask God that you might speak to our hearts tonight through your word. And we pray, Father, that uh, you would remove anything that might be a distraction to any of us tonight. We ask, Lord, that you'd help us to focus on the Word of God and to focus on that which we esteem the most. Uh, Father, I pray that you would uh, give me strength and give me wisdom and give me peace of, of heart and mind as I preach. I pray, God, that the uh, Lord should give me power. Lord, without you, I can do absolutely nothing. And Father, I pray that uh, you would do a work in our hearts tonight and as you speak to us tonight, may we respond to you, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the name of this message tonight is, is simply, what do you highly esteem? The, the, what Jesus just said was, was that what the world highly esteems, God sees as an abomination. And what God esteems, then that, that's the thing that society sneers at. We, we need to, to, uh, to, to realize that this world not only is not the friend of God, but the truth of the matter is it's not our friend. Uh, but the more we live in it, the easier it is for us to become like it and for our values to change. Uh, Jesus talked about that which we highly esteem. What, what's esteems? Esteem just simply means to set a value on or to prize. The Pharisees uh, esteemed wealth and position. They, they, uh, they, they liked being above the people. They liked having all kinds of wealth. And, and this opened the door in their lives to many other sins. It opened the door to, to covetousness. It opened the door to lying. It opened the door to murder. And in and, and 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. So that shouldn't surprise us. Um, what you highly esteem is what you eventually become. You think about this. Uh, parents that uh, esteem personal relaxation and entertainment more than their children become child abusers. Now, I'm not talking about physical child abusers necessarily, but, but they do become spiritual child abusers. And I'm not just talking about the lost crowd. I'm talking about you and me. Uh, when, when a person has a, a, a dirty mind from valuing 
personal pleasure over integrity. Uh, that it, it changes who they are. What we value makes us what we are. So let's look at, at, at some things that uh, we, we should and should not highly value tonight. And what, I, what I'd like to ask you to do this evening is just be honest before God. The truth of the matter is, uh, it's easy for our values to slip. It's easy for us to, to get, into, uh, get into the mode of valuing that which God does not value or not valuing that which God does highly esteem and value. So let's look at some things tonight. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32. In Deuteronomy 32, I want you to look with me in verses 12 through 18. Do you value God or has prosperity taken his place? This is one of the things that God was concerned about long before uh, Israel went into the promised land. He was concerned that when they went in there, they would eventually start esteeming the, the uh, things that they had and the material things that they had acquired and, and the pleasures that they had more than God. And, and if you know the history of Israel, that's exactly what happened. Deuteronomy 32, look in verses 12 down through verse 18. Deuteronomy 32, verse, verse 12 says, So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields. And he, he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock, butter of kine and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of the bread of, of Bashan and goats with the fat of kidneys of wheat. And thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. But Jeshuan waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick. Thou, thou art uh, covered with fatness. Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations. Provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God. To gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful. And hast forgotten God that formed thee. Uh, what happened was they started to, to value the things that they had gotten and therefore had taken on new gods. You know what a God is? You know, we, we, we read the Ten Commandments and it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And oftentimes what we think is, well, that's, that's not me. I, I never worship an idol. I never bow down to a false god. Well, God, gods take on different forms. One of the forms that they take on is just simply anything or anybody that gets a higher position in your heart and mind than God does. And that's exactly what happened to these folks. Um, it talks about Jeshurun, and Jeshurun refers to, to Israel. And it means the upright one. 
And they, they went from being the upright one to being one that turned their back on God and worshiped false gods. Uh, the, way, the way that they did that, again, was just by simply valuing other things more than they value God. And we do that. Uh, sometimes we put, we put our time and our money into other things rather than putting it into uh, the, uh, the furtherance of the gospel rather than putting it, now I'm not saying you don't buy things and I'm not saying that you don't, you don't uh, uh, in, enjoy the substance that God has given to you, but be so careful because here's what happens. Our hearts get attached to those things. Um, you know, I've, I've used this as an illustration often before, but it's just so true. It seems like whenever, whenever I get something new, it's within anywhere from four to six weeks, no matter about what it is, something happens to it. You know, get a, get a new car, and uh, there's, not, there's not, I say a new car, uh, never had a brand new car, but uh, get a, a, a new used car, and there's no, there's no scratches, there's no dings, no, it's, it's not six weeks, and, and something or somebody puts a scratch on it. You know what I think that is? I think that's just a reminder, at least to me, that, uh, you know, this is not where you should put your heart. And it's easy to get our hearts wrapped around things. Do, do, you know, how, do we, how highly do we value the rock of our salvation? And the problem was that they started to value other things more than they valued God and the one who gave them salvation. Look, look down at verse 18 again. It says, of the rock that begat thee, uh, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. We forget God. And we forget God in various places. We, we'll forget God when we're at work. We're, we'll forget God when we're relaxing. We'll forget God when we're with our families. Again, it doesn't start with just turning our backs on God. It's just not including him in everything in our lives, whether it be our families, our, our, our times of uh, entertainment, relaxation, vacations, shopping, no matter what it is, God needs to be at the forefront. And when God's not in the forefront, then we begin to value other things more than we value him. Second thing, go with me to Job chapter 23. Job chapter 23. Of course, you know the story of Job. Job lost everything that he had because there was a bit of a controversy between him and the Lord, or between, uh, not between him and the Lord, but between Satan and the Lord. And uh, God essentially challenged Satan. He said, listen, you can, you can touch all that he has. You just can't touch his, his, uh, his life. He can't take his life. And so Satan did. He went in there and he took his took his children, he killed them all. Uh, he took all of his wealth, he took everything that he had. And in Job chapter 23, look with me down in verse 12. He's talking with his so-called friends that, that uh, really ended up being more of a burr in the saddle than they were a friend. In verse 12 it says, Neither have I gone back from the command of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Now, we, we relate that immediately to the printed word of God and that we ought to esteem the word of God more than our necessary food. You've got to understand, 
This was before there was a printed book. And, and the, the Lord spoke to Job and gave him instruction along the way. During this time, it all dried up. It all stopped. It all quit. And, be, and because of that, uh, he, he became very, very hungry for the word of God. Look in verses 8 and 9. It says uh, in verse, verse 8, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. I don't know about you, but I've, I've had times like that. I've had dry spells. I've had times when I've read my Bible and gotten nothing out of it. I've had times when I've spent time in prayer and gotten nothing out of it. Uh, I, I, there have been times when it just feels like it was, it was one thing after another, after another, after another. And honestly, I know many of you folks, if not all of you, have been through those kind of times from time to time. You know, those aren't necessarily bad times. Those are good times. Because you know what it does? It makes you really, really hungry for God's word. It makes you really, really hungry for the promises of God. It, make, it, it, it causes you to be, be hungry for, for his presence. And I understand that as saved people, we all, we constantly have, from the day you got saved until till the day you, you die, the Lord has, will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. You've always got his presence. But, but it's, it, as far as the knowledge of that presence and the, the understanding of it and seeing him manifest himself, uh, when, when those kind of times start to dry up, makes us real hungry for them. But there are times that even before that, that we, we don't esteem his words very highly. And uh, the, 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 the example that, that Job makes is uh, esteeming his words more than is necessary food. How long can you go without food? Um, I know many of you folks at one time or another have fasted and fasting becomes, you know, uh, the, the longer you go, I mean, I remember I, I went one time, but a few years ago, I went, I think it was like four or five days. And uh, uh, my, you, you're supposed to fast so that your mind gets put on the things of God. Honestly, my mind got put on the things of food. And uh, I just, <laughs> I found myself, I found myself just uh, thinking constantly about, about food. And you know what it made me realize? It made me realize my, my esteem, my values were in the wrong place. You know, I, I, I got to the point where I started to esteem food more than God's word. And we should never get to that, that place or that point. How long can you go without God's word? Uh, you should not be able to go very long without physical uh, sustenance, but you also should not be able to go very long without spiritual sustenance. Um, you know, that's why I, I really encourage folks to get on a Bible reading plan. We have a Bible calendar that we, we uh, make available at the first of the year. Uh, there's some folks that use it. There's some folks that don't use it. I don't care what you do. Get in the book. And esteem the words of God's mouth, the word of God, more than your necessary food. Here's another thing. Go with me over to Psalm 119. 
119. Some things that we need to esteem. And unfortunately, sometimes that esteem, even though we may have it at one point, has a tendency to drop if we're not careful. <clears throat> Psalm 119, verse 128. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. This is esteeming all God's commands is right. Or do you pick and choose what, what things you will esteem and what things you will not esteem? There's a, there's a key word in that, in that verse, in verse 128. It says, therefore I esteem all thy precepts. And again, we said this this morning, but a precept is simply a command. I esteem all thy precepts, all thy commands concerning all all things to be right. Uh, you know, God's word is not a buffet that we can go through and say, I'll take a little bit of this, but I don't really want any of that. Um, the psalmist said, listen, I esteem all of those things. I value highly, not part of God's word, but all of God's word. Um, this is one of the reasons why I am not, and I'm not saying I've never used it, I have used it, but I'm very, very careful about the, the describing myself as a fundamentalist. I don't know if you know much about where that term came from, but uh, it came from the idea of there are certain things that are essential in God's word, and so there's some other things that are non-essentials. Be careful of that thinking, okay? The truth of the matter is, all of God's word is essential. Not some of it, not most of it, all of it. And I realize certain things have greater repercussions if you, if you ignore them than others. But it's all important. It's all God's word. And uh, we, we, need to, we need to be known for taking a stand on the book. I, I like the term Bible believer more than fundamentalist. I just really do. Why? Because that, in, that includes all of the Bible, not just some of it. Uh, prop, and if you notice something in this verse, in, in uh, verse 128, it says, therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. A proper esteem always develops proper hate. And there are things we're supposed to hate. You, if, if, if you've read through the Psalms at all, you find that the psalmist, and oftentimes it was David, uh, talked about things that he hated. Not just what he loved, but what he hated. Uh, what I don't hate when it, comes to, when it comes to sin in this life, the things that I don't hate are the things I'm going to struggle with. The things you don't hate are the things you're going to struggle with. If you don't hate gossip, you're going to gossip. If you don't hate envy, you're going to be envious. If you don't hate slander, you're going to become a slanderer. Uh, if we hate it, we'll stay as far away from it as we can. And understand that that is intricately connected with obeying and esteeming all of God's commands uh, highly. And if we don't do that, what, what happens is we, we, we lose our hatred for some of the things that we ought to hate. If you value marriage... You'll hate divorce. If you value marriage, you'll hate fornication. You'll hate adultery. 
if you value work. You'll, you'll hate laziness. The Bible says if a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. You know, I, I, I've heard, heard people make, or make this comment or people that have known others that, that have made this comment to them during this COVID-19 thing. They've said, well, you know, I'm really kind of hesitant to go back to work because honestly, I'm making more on unemployment than I did when I was working. I got news for you. When you were on unemployment, you weren't making anything. You weren't making anything. Be careful. What's happening is you're, you're, not, you're not highly esteeming that which you ought to esteem, which is work. Work is not a bad thing. Work is a good thing. Uh, if you value truth, you'll hate lying. I'll tell, I'll tell you, there's, there's, a, there's a things I can, I can put up, I, faults I can put up with folks, but lying is a rough one for me. I absolutely hate lying. And, and the more we love truth, the more we'll hate lying. If you value souls, like the song said this, uh, this evening, if you value souls, You'll hate shyness, and you'll hate apathy. I, I remember years ago, Pastor Keck uh, was, on a, was on a kick. And uh, Karen, I think you remember this, because I think you were out there when he preached a message. You and your family were out there at one time. And, and uh, he made a statement, and he, he said it quite a bit for quite a long period of time. Shyness is sin. Shyness is sin. Well, I tell you what, he made some people really upset with that. He really did. But can I tell you something? Shyness is sin. You say, yeah, but I'm, I'm timid and I have a, a tendency to be shy. Uh, listen, if you give in to that and don't tell somebody about Jesus Christ because of your timidity, then therefore you are in sin. You know, the, the, when, if you value souls you'll not value yourself so much. And that's really what shyness is. Or, or a lack of socialization, you know. There's some folks, honestly, there, there's some people that have been glorying in this, in this COVID-19 thing from the standpoint, good, stay six feet away from people, how about 12? <laughs> Would you like that? Uh, you know, I'd be more than happy to comment. Now listen, I have that tendency. I've got to be careful of that kind of thing. You know, I was, I was gone last week for five days. I was responsible for nobody. I didn't have to make a, my greatest decision was during those five, where am I going to go to eat tonight? What am I going to have for food? Where am I going to stick them? Man, I tell you what, I could get used to that. You know, walk, walking around, uh, looking at waterfalls and, and walking, through, walking through forests, man, I, I could get used to that. But you know what? Uh, if if we really love and care for souls, then we'll push that, that tendency to want to be a loner off to the side and, uh, and we'll tell people about, about Jesus Christ. Here's, a, here's another thing we ought to highly esteem. Go to Philippians 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2, look with me in verses uh, 1 through 3. Philippians 2, 1 says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, 
if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Now, understand this, that when you start uh, valuing yourself more than others, you're going to have strife. There's going to be head knocking. You, you know, you've, you've heard the old saying, it, it takes two to tangle. Well, it does. And if one backs off and says, no, I'm not going into a fight on this thing. If one esteems others better than themselves, there will be no clashing. There will be no fight. Um, it, it has to do with Others esteem or esteeming others. You know, we've built up a lot of in, in this society, and this is one of the reasons why the monuments are being taken down, the, uh, the, the uh, riots and so forth are going on in various cities. It's because people have been taught self-esteem. That is totally contrary to Scripture. Totally contrary. The Scripture says we ought to esteem others better. You know, when you have conflicts with, you know, when you have an attitude towards somebody, I know you've never done that, have you, right? But uh, you know, when you have an attitude towards somebody, you know why you got that? I've done it. I've had it. You know why that happens? Because I start thinking I'm better than they are. The moment you do that, you are not on the side of God's values. You are on the side of the devil's values. And we have to be so careful of, of esteeming ourselves better than, than, than others. Uh, we need to esteem others better. Um, when, when, we, when we go to witness, this thing comes into play. If you esteem others better than yourself, you won't care what they think because you're more concerned about them than you are about yourself. Um, you know, this year, I understand, door-to-door -door is just not, not something that we're going to do. And uh, it's, it, it, especially in this state, it, it would not be a wise thing to try to go door-to-door -door and, and engage in conversation. If we did it, we'd probably have to do it with a mask. That'd be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? But uh, nonetheless, uh, we, we, need to, we need to still have a heart toward other folks. One of the things that this COVID-19 has really got me scared about is that as Christians, we're starting to back off a little bit. Don't back off. Continue to care. Continue to pray. Continue to confront folks about the gospel. It, it is, is so, so, so important. You know, do you live for others or do you live for yourself? You know, what, what do you put first? Do you put, who do you put first? You put others first or you put yourself first? Do you, do you enjoy it? And I mean, do you, do you relish the fact that somebody else is being honored? Somebody else is getting a blessing. Somebody else is being recognized. Somebody else is being treated better than you. The moment you are not in that category... And that kind of stuff starts bothering you. Well, I don't know. I don't know why she has to have that kind of attention. You're esteeming yourself 
better than others. Or, and, and, and rather than others, better than yourself. Be careful of that thing. Uh, you know, do you enjoy when others are treated better? Do you enjoy when others are lifted up? <laughs> you should be thrilled when someone gets treated special and you don't. You should be thrilled. No, we've, we've, got a, we've got a family, the Corey family just found a house. By the way, we went by and took a look at that house this week. And uh, I'm jealous. I'll just tell you right now. It's a nice house. And I'm, you know what? I, and I mean this with all my heart. I am thrilled for you folks that you got a house. And, and you say, yeah, but preacher, that's probably a better house than you. They deserve a better house than me. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that because I'm behind this desk preaching, okay? I'm telling you, the moment you stop thinking that way about anybody, you are in sin. It's just that, that simple. And it's easy to get there. I've gotten there way more times than I want to think about or tell you about. And I ain't going to tell you about it. That's, that's for sure. I'm just not going to tell you. But, but, uh, but uh, we need to esteem others better. In other words, we value other people more than we value ourselves. Here's another one. 1 Thessalonians 5. <coughs> 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, look with me down in verses 12 and 13. Verse 12. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Those that are in any form of ministry, whether it be full-time, whether it be part-time, whether it be just somebody who's serving in the church and serving in a particular area, esteem them highly. Let me tell you something. When you go home and you talk about a Sunday school teacher, you badmouth the nursery worker, you badmouth the deacon, you badmouth the, uh, the music ministry, you badmouth the preacher, and I'm not saying this to defend myself. Please understand, I'm not at all. You are standing in the wrong place. You're esteeming the wrong thing. You're supposed to highly esteem those that are in those positions. You're not supposed to be critical of them. Now, listen, if you've got a beef, go see them. And I can't tell you how many times I've had, had people come to you know, you know, preacher, so-and-so is really upset with you. Really? I had no clue. You know why? They never came and confronted me. If you've got a beef with somebody, go see them. And if you don't go see them, then shut your mouth. Don't talk about it. We, you know, one of the things that's killing our families in Christianity today is moms and dads that criticize those that are working for God. And then we say, I don't understand why the young people aren't surrendering to full-time service. Why should they? Why should they? I mean, they, they hear you and me criticize, and, and, and then they say, well, man, one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to be a Sunday school teacher. Man, I certainly don't want to be a uh, master. I don't want to sing in a choir. I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to be a missionary because of the things that we've said. We've not highly esteemed those 
that are working for God. Don't criticize, you know, your children's Sunday school teacher, your, your, your cl the, the club workers, the, uh, the, the youth leaders, junior church workers, deacons, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, they're the very people that want to help your family and want to make you stronger. You know, do you esteem labor in the ministry as profitable? Whether it be, again, whether it be in, in full-time ministry or whether it, whether it be just a, a volunteer ministry, it's ought to be esteemed highly. And the last thing, go with me to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11, look with me in verses 24 through 26. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 24. This is the faith chapter, talking about the faith of Moses. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now understand he was raised in Pharaoh's house. Pharaoh's daughter saw him in the bulrushes and took him out and raised him as her own son. So when he got older, he had a choice he had to make. He either had to identify with Egypt or identify with God's people. He could have gone either way. Notice what it says in verse 25 choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. What do you esteem higher? The reproach of Christ or money and things? You know, one of the ways the devil gets to people is he offers them money and he offers them things that they'll just back off a little bit in their dedication and their service for God. And when we do that, what we do is we, we esteem those things more than the reproach of Christ. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts. Look at this. Acts chapter... Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Look down in verses 40 through 42. These are the, the apostles. They're, they're being reproached for Christ. They're being, uh, be, because they're, they're giving out the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, and of his death, his burial, and his resurrection, they're being beaten for it. It says in verse 40, And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they were beaten for Christ. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. They said, don't you speak of his name anymore. Keep your mouth shut. Don't you be a witness. They beat them and then they, they let them go. Verse 41, and they departed from the presence of the council. What? Rejoicing. They were excited. Woo! We get a chance to suffer for the Lord. He suffered for us, and now we get, to, we get to take a little rebuke and a little reproach for his name. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame 
for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Do we value taking a stand for Christ even if it costs us our job? Even if it costs us our family? Even if it costs us our reputation? Are we willing to do what is right and take a stand for Jesus Christ? Will we, will we be willing to suffer that reproach? Again, all of these things show and indicate what you value and what I value the most. What you value is what you are. If you value yourself more than you value others, then you are a selfish person. If you uh, value money and things more than you value the reproach of Christ, then you are, a, 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 again, a, a selfish, materialistic individual. If, if uh, you, you uh, value some of God's word, but not all of God's word, and you pick and choose, and that tells uh, me, and that tells you, who and what you are. We are what we value. What do you highly esteem? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I'm thankful that your word is so clear and so plain. And uh, Lord, you know exactly where we live. You know the struggles that we have, and that's why you, you hit these issues uh, Lord, oftentimes we find ourselves on the wrong side of the fence. We esteem those things that we should not esteem. And uh, we look down upon those things that we ought to be holding up and, and esteeming highly. Father, I, I just pray that you'd work in our hearts this, this evening. There may be something that's in our lives that we... Our esteem is in the wrong place. Maybe we esteem ourselves more than we esteem others. Maybe, Lord, we esteem some words of God more than we esteem other words of God. They're all important. God, help us this evening to take the word of God and may it be a searchlight on our hearts. And Lord, if there's some issue that we need to deal with tonight, help us to respond to you. Pray that you would work in hearts and have your will and have your way in this invitation. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.